Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. Well, we are live, praise the Lord. How you doing today? Are you doing good? I'm so glad I get to be with you. I am Jeremiah Smith, and I'm glad to be with you today. I hope that you're excited about God's Word and His truths today. I believe He's going to minister to you. You know, you didn't just happen to tune in by accident. You didn't just happen to turn this on. No, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I believe the Holy Spirit has drawn you here today, and I believe he has a special word for you today. We'll be starting a new series today. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. And so I hope that you got your Bibles and your tablets. Get them ready here. We're going to have a good time in the Word, you know. You can catch us live every Wednesday and Sunday. If I can get this information up here, praise the Lord. Every Wednesday and Sunday, you can catch us live at uh, 6 p.m. on Central Time. Uh, you can catch us live on uh, Wednesdays. And then, of course, on Sundays, if you're watching, you know that. Uh, we are, we're at 4 p.m. Central Time. Now, we might be a little bit late. I apologize trying to get everything up here. But we try to be right close to 4 o'clock on uh, Sundays and 6 p.m. Central Time in America time on Wednesdays. Praise the Lord. So you can check us out at those times. If you can't catch us at the live services you can listen to uh the rebroadcast on many many different places we're blessed to be on many different places we're on spotify google music itunes uh listen notes Podbeam, tune in off alexia uh, you can catch us on uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, Pandora, Amazon Music, Verbal, iVox, Audio Junkie, Podchaser, uh, Player FM, Samsung, and Boomplay. Uh, of course, and I'm even seeing we're on other ones. We keep getting put into other ones, praise the Lord. So it should be on any app that you have on your phone. Uh, you can check us out, and I believe it'll minister to you, praise the Lord. You know, you don't have to get something new is why, you know, we mention all those so that you know that you can listen to us on anything that's pretty much on your phone. Look us up, Jeremiah Smith Ministries. And uh, you can listen to most of all of our new podcasts on those. If you want to listen to all of our podcasts and listen to all of our messages and our videos, uh, you can go to YouTube. Uh, to listen to all the videos are usually live on YouTube. We're working a few kinks out of that, and we should be back up and doing live. But we are recording this for YouTube, and it'll be uploaded just as soon as possible. Uh, but uh, if you don't, if you like video and streaming like that, you can check out about 200, I think, and 50 different videos on YouTube. And then, of course, uh, if you just like to listen to the audio, because we really are a podcast, so we our main focus is doing podcasts. Uh, you can catch us on uh, Podbeam. That's our home there, at Jeremiah Smith Ministries. Podbeam.com. And uh, we have nearly 450, getting close to 500 podcasts all together with Coffee Confessions, which we plan to do a new one for you today and uh, put it out. We usually put that about midnight. And uh, so you'll get a new Coffee Confessions. You say, well, what is Coffee and Confessions? Well, you know, I like coffee <laughs> and we like doing confessions. <laughs> and so what we do is we get together sometimes, me and my wife, maybe me and my wife and my son, or maybe just me, you know. We'll do our confessions there of the Word of God uh, so it can be a blessing to you in your life, praise the Lord. It's called Coffee Confessions. And what we do is we, we confess God's Word over uh, our lives, and uh, basically it's about with some music behind you so you can listen while you're at the gym or you can listen in your car, and you can just have some basic fundamental uh, confessions for your life. So it's a blessing.
lesson for you. Now, you may want more than that, extend some things out. And if it's nothing else, it's great meditation, you know, for you. But, uh, of course, you want to make sure that you're doing some good confessions every day. And it's a good start to kind of help you get on the road to good confessions, praise the Lord. So you might check out that Coffee Confessions. I believe we have something like 88 of them on there. And so you can check those out and let them be a, be, let them be a blessing to your life. You know, just get in there and listen to the Word. You know, if you can't, you don't feel like doing confessions, you can sit there and listen to them, get them in your spirit to where you want to do confessions. And, you know, sometimes you're under such an attack, it's good for you just to listen. Faith cometh by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. Happy Father's Day, praise the Lord, by the way. Today is Father's Day. And to you that are fathers out there, I'm saying happy Father's Day to you. I'm a father. I have two sons, great, wonderful sons. And, uh, you know, I'm just saying happy Father's Day to everybody around the world. And I hope that you are having the best Father's Day that you can possibly have. Uh, my series may not be right along with Father's Day today. I'm just doing what the Lord's leading me. Uh, but uh, we will we'll have communion at the, the end of the service there. So that we can, you know, we can talk about Father's Day and we can get, you know, get in the right center for you fathers as being the head of your house. It's important that you have the right center going into this year. And so it's important that we, we do, we're going to do communion for all of us fathers at the end of this service and remind ourselves of what the Lord Jesus has done for us in our covenant with him and get the right focus as we go into this year. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's important. Fathers should have good direction and know where they're going. And so it's important that we lead and we do what the Lord's leading us to do for our homes and go the direction that we need to go with our homes and our lives. Amen. Mainly with your life. You know, you want to make sure that you're doing what you can do for Jesus and you want that to affect your whole family. You know, if you did everything in the world, but you didn't make sure that you were showing your family who Jesus is, you really aren't being a good father. You want to make sure that they see Jesus in you. And so you can be a blessing to your family and help them to go the right direction with their lives. Praise the Lord. You know, when you pass away and you go to heaven, you know, you want to be able to, you want your family to say, well, he knew that he, he knew who his savior was. He knew what direction that you needed to be going. And it's important that we make sure that we're passing that on to our kids. Praise the Lord. You may not be perfect, but you can tell them about Jesus. You know, you may not be perfect in every area of your life, but you can direct them to the one who is perfect, and he is the perfect father, and that's the best thing a good father can do for their family. Amen? And so that's what we want to do. We're going to be focused on doing communion at the end of the service. I got this new coffee here, this new coffee cup. It's Jesus and coffee. I love this. I got this for Father's Day. You can see this on the video, or you can go back and watch it on the video, but this is the coffee mug that they gave me for Father's Day. I was like, that's perfect for me, because I like doing coffee confessions. And, you know, we're going to have us a good time today. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit's going to bless us. Let me go ahead and get a drink here. And uh, we're going to get started here today. And so uh, we're going to pray. We're going to trust the Lord for some wonderful things. I feel the Lord has put on my heart today. We're going to be there doing a new series, and I believe it's going to affect you. I believe it's going to hit you right there where you're at today, and so I believe it will be a blessing. This will be more than one message. We're just kind of breaking ground today, but I believe that it's going to leave a mark in you. So you want to make sure that you grab your tablet, get your phone, get you something for communion, get you something to drink, get you some bread. It doesn't have to be you know the exact perfect thing. Get some water, a piece of bread, whatever you can get for communion. It's all in just remembrance of Jesus, and so you get what you need for communion at the end of this service. Service. It'll be, we'll, we'll do a short little communion at the end today. Praise the Lord. So you want to do that. If you'd like to give, there's no pressure to give. Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together. 
running over is the way God is our source, isn't he? If you give, he'll give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And so you want to make sure that you're doing that on a daily basis, making sure that you're giving like God wants you to give, give to ministries, give to everything that God's involved in. And make sure that you're giving somewhere. There's no pressure to give here, but you want to make sure that you're giving somewhere so God can be your source for you and your family. And so you want to do that on a regular basis, praise the Lord, right? We want to make sure that we're giving. We want to give the Father something to work with, you know. He can't do a lot of things if you're not giving to him. And so it's important, you know, that's his law. The Bible says God's not mocked whatsoever a man sows. That shall you also reap, you know. You say, well, I don't have what I need. Well, you need to sow some somewhere, wherever he's leading you to sow, you know, so he can be your source for everything in your life. He's your source for everything. You don't have enough peace. He's your peace. If you don't have enough joy, he's your joy. If you don't have, if you don't have a dream or a vision, he's your dream and vision giver. Praise the Lord. You know, if you don't have what you need, he's your source for everything. If you need stuff, amen. He's your stuff giver, right? You know, I know many people don't like to hear that, but he is the stuff giver. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he's the one that produces what you need to have in your life. So you want to give him something to work with in your life. Praise the Lord. Let him do that. He's a good God. And he wants to do that in your life today. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to get into the word. Let's pray today and trust the Lord for his word and what he's going to do with us today. And I believe that it'll be a blessing to you. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. Father, you've been so good to us. We didn't come here by accident. We came here for you. None of this works without you, Father. And we realize that today. And you are the perfect Father. We say happy Father's Day to you, to the perfect Father today. Happy Father's Day. And we just thank you for being our source for everything, Father. And Father, we ask that you be our teacher and be our, our source, Father. We ask that you think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. Flood us with light. Help us to see some stuff we never seen before today. Help no one to go away without getting what they need today, Father. And we just thank you for your precious Holy Spirit doing that today. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' holy name. And before we go, we minister to you. Thank you for your everything, producing whatever we need this week. You know what's coming. And Father, we just thank you for us. every need being met. If there's a person having physical needs, we ask that you help them have the physical needs they need today. And Father, Lord, if there's someone that's needing healing today, we ask for total healing for that person. You said if we agree concerning anything that we shall ask, it'll be done for us. And we agree for those needs to be met, physical needs, healing needs, Father, spiritual needs, hurt, people that are hurt and they're hard and needing to get over some pain. We ask for total healing for them today in Jesus' name. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise and all the, all the accolades go to you, Father, because you are the perfect Father. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Boy, I talk, you talk about a father. He's the perfect example of a father. You know, we're always striving to be like him. He's a good father, and we trust him with our everything. Do we not? And that right, men? Somebody shout amen. You know, if you're a man, why don't you shout a little bit? He's the good father, and he's the perfect father. I don't know. I can't hear you out there, but you can hear yourself in the car. Say, he's a good father. Somebody shout with me. If you're in your, your house sitting on the couch, say, hey, he's a good father. You know, and maybe if you're in your car or maybe you're on a motorcycle or you're walking around the lake, you know, say, 
today you can say he's a good father. He's the best father. He's been good to me. I don't know about you. He's been good to Jeremiah. He's good to me every day. I get up in the morning, his mercy's new. I, I get up every day, his hope is there. His joy is there. He is a good, good father, right? Amen. He's a good father. Maybe you need to run a little bit right now. Maybe you need to shout a little bit right now. He's a good good father. Amen. Maybe maybe your father isn't with us today, you know, but you have a good, good father who's who's watching over you when you're sleeping and when you, you're at night, when you, you're not awake, he's watching over. He never sleeps or slumbers. He's watching over. He's a good, good father. Amen. And he's making sure you're okay today. You know, he's checking up on you. He comes looking for you. He wants to make sure you're okay. He's a good father, right? And so we're going to go ahead and get into the word today and let him minister to us today. Go on over to uh, 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. We're going to start there today. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. And uh, we're going to look at that today, praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 17. And uh, we're going to go over there. And so we're going to be talking today, and uh, we're going to get into our message today. And 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, is where we're going to start. We're going to be talking our series about facing a killer, right? We're going to be talking about our enemy, the devil. The name of the series will be called Facing a Killer. You know, I don't think people take him seriously enough. I don't think people understand enough about the devil. I don't like to glorify him in any way. But, you know, he is a killer, right? He wants to take your family out. He wants to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. He wants to keep you from doing the things that you need to be doing with your life. And so it's important that we understand who our enemy is, you know. I mean, if you were going to war today, you'd want to know who the enemy is, right? If you're facing a battle, you need to know who your enemy is. And so it's important as we get into this series today, we're going to be talking about our enemy, the the devil. We're not going to be glorifying him in any way. We'll always be glorifying God. But it's important that you know how to face your enemy, praise the Lord. First Samuel, the 17th chapter. Let's go there real quick. And we're going to go down to the 40th verse. And this is talking about David, and he's facing Goliath. And uh, really, the focus today isn't going to be on this story, but we're going to read something that this that is actually many ministers use that's actually in this story. And I think it's important that we look at it today. Take a little few seconds and take a few moments just to look at what a lot of ministers focus on within this story. Let's look at the 40th verse. It says, And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in the script. And he, he sling with, was, the sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. So get the picture. He's about to face a giant. He's got some big something coming after him. <laughs> he's about to go face Goliath, right? He's, he's going to take out, be looking at his big uh, challenge, and he's going to have to take it on directly, right? This is a war. He's gone down here to face him, you know, and it's important that we realize, you know, that we are in a war. David understood this. He had to go down and face his giants, you know. And you're going to have to face the enemy in your circumstances and your challenges that you go through. You know, you can't just go and let God do everything for you. No, you have to face your giants, right? We all have to face our giants. Whatever it is that's putting you down all the time and whatever he's using to stop you from accomplishing your dream, you know, we all have to face our giants, you know. Your giant's probably different than mine. It might be a giant that's the same as mine. But we all have our giants that we have to face, you know, whatever challenge it is, whatever circumstance it is, 
you know, and you might have victory in it for a time, you know, and you may have to face that giant again, but we all have to face our giants, right, in our lives and what we deal with. And here's what David's doing. He's getting his stones together. He's got his slingshot together. You know, David had already faced, you know, a bear and a lion with a slingshot, you know, and he was able to take out a bear and take out a, take out a lion, you know. This, he'd already been working on this. He's already been facing this a couple of times. <laughs> Think about that today. You know, you may, in your circumstance, you may have faced this circumstance over and over threats to your life over and over in the way you live and what you're doing, trying to take you out over and over. And David had been working on this, you know, and you would think, well, these threats are not going to be bigger than the last one. They're, they're not going to get any bigger than that, you know. But yet it sounds like David actually had bigger threats. He started out with a lion, he had a bear, and then he ended up facing Goliath, something even bigger. Think about that today. You know, you ever had a circumstance that you faced was little, it wasn't quite as big, then it got bigger, you had to face it again, and then it got bigger, then you had to face it again? Very interesting. We're going to talk about that today a little bit today. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and that man that bare the shield went before him, and the Philistine looked about and saw David and disdained him, and he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest out to, uh, to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And, and the Philistine said to David, Come to me, with, and give thy I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And then said David to the Philistine, Comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the uh, God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Think about this. He's, and this big giant's even talking smack to him, <laughs> you know. Have you ever had something you've dealt with over and over and over, especially when you've dealt with it over and over, it starts talking smack to you or talking back to you in some way, you know. Maybe it's, a, you know, you have a situation with, uh, your your finances and you, you're like ah you know your, your light bill do again <laughs> you know or or you got a situation you got to pay and you're like oh my gosh I got to pay all this you know or or maybe it's something else maybe you got something you need healing with today you know and you're facing that circumstance with healing again and it's come against you again and it's like hi I'm back you know and it's talking smack to you you know or maybe you're dealing with something you've been dealing with for years and you have great victory with it but then it's come back and you're facing it again. You say, well, the Lord set me free of this, you know, doesn't mean the enemy is not going to try to attack you on it again. And that's, we can tell you that by scripture, you know, he likes to, to come after you and regroup and try to face you again. And that's why we have to be strong in the Lord. And that's why we have to make sure that we're doing the, making the preparations on a daily basis. Maybe, yeah, you've had a good victory and we all want victory. But you can't stay in that, that victory mode forever. It's a war that is going on in the spirit. And we have to be ready for that war. We have to be people that are very keen to knowing what the enemy's devices are and that we're making preparations for anything that we have to face on a daily basis. And so David's facing this giant. Nothing new to him. He's already been fighting. This is the third time that he's actually fought something big. If we, if we were to read about David's story here, he, he's already been fighting things. And now he's fighting something even bigger, you know. Isn't it interesting how it gets bigger? <laughs> 
It doesn't get, you would, you would hope it would go down, but his faith is getting stronger. The bigger it gets, his faith's getting stronger, you know, and he's having to develop more faith and he, to get bigger victories. You think about the victories that he had before and how this victory is actually going to put him in a different place. You know, it's going to promote him. It's going to put him in a different position because he's able to get victory in this area. You know, it's interesting as you're fighting something and you're going over it, it may put you in a better position if you're able to overcome again in that area. Maybe it's bigger than it was before, but it's important to get the victory in every area. Now, you may have to face it a few times, but getting victory in that area could get you to a different place, couldn't it? You know, God's trying to get you to a different place. He wants you to have wonderful, you know, a wonderful life, but you have to be able to overcome in certain areas. Why? Because when you get to that place, you know, you want to be able to handle what you're dealt, you know, what God's given to you, what he's wanting to bless you with. And you got to be able to be a person that can get victory after victory so God can keep promoting you in those areas and maintain the areas that he does promote you to. And so it's important that we learn to fight on a daily basis. You know, fighting isn't something that people, some people like to talk about. Some Christians don't want to talk about that, you know, that you have to fight. You have to maintain ground in the Lord. You have to fight. you got to be a person willing to fight. And some people fought for a long period of time. They give up because they've been fighting for so long, you know. And you may be closest to your biggest victory in an area, but you have to be a person that's willing to fight. Amen. We have to be people that are willing to fight in certain areas. You know, a boxer, you know, he can't just get in the ring and not swing a punch. Or he'd get beat up, taken out, you know, and... He, he gave, he, man, he would get fed, you know, his teeth, you know, in the ring if he's not willing to fight, you know, but we got Christians that aren't willing to fight, you know, and they wonder why they're, they're in a, they're sidelined in life. They wonder why they never get God's best. It's because you got to be willing to fight. You got to be a person that's willing to stand up for what God wants you to have in your life, praise the Lord. The 45th verse says, Then said the David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And listen to what it says here in the 46th verse, This day will the Lord deliver thee in mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thine shoulders, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the earth and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And, you know, and you have a good victory, it lets everybody know that there is a God. Amen. Because you keep having victories and you keep going forward. David could have went back. He could have stayed a shepherd, but he kept going forward, right? And we got to be people that keep going forward for God's best in our lives, praise the Lord, willing to fight for it on a daily basis. Now, I'm not talking about a physical fight. I'm talking about a spiritual fight. You know, and there are things you have to fight for in the natural, but I'm talking about a spiritual fight. You know, you're in a spiritual fight today. And we're going to talk more about that today, praise the Lord. Listen to what it says here on the 47th verse, and this was the focus that I really wanted to have here. And this is what you hear a lot of ministers talk about. And and all this assembly shall know that the God that saveth with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. We hear it quoted quite often, and I don't know how many ministers I've heard say this, that the battle is the Lord's. You know, and they almost tell you in such a way that, you know, that God's going to give you victory and you don't have to do anything. You know, all the battle is the Lord's. You know, they'll throw their hands up in the order. It's not mine. The battle is the Lord's. 
you know? And if you live a life like that, so passive, then you're going to have lots of challenges in this life. You can't live a life thinking, well, hey, the battle is the Lord's all the time. You've got to be a person that's willing to fight, you know? And it's, a, it's important that you know how to fight in this battle, right? It's a war. I, I'm not trying to be uh, any way deceptive in any way about this. I want you to understand it's a war, right? It's a war for your soul. He'd love you to cave in and lose the faith. He'd love you to quit and not go forward. He, he'd love to take your family. He's, this is a serious enemy. He'd like to take you, what you have. He's not really after all that. He is after you, and he's after your family. He wants you to get off track with God, you know, because he doesn't want you to go to heaven. He doesn't want you to have blessings in your life. He doesn't, he, he doesn't want you forwarding the gospel and ministering to others. So it's a very serious battle that we're in. But David, he was a one that was willing to fight. Are you willing to fight today? Right? Are you, have you given up? You know, you got family counting on you to fight. You got to be a person that's willing to get up in the morning and pray. A person that's willing to get down down on your knees in the evening and pray. You got to be a person that's willing to put the word in all the time if you want to fulfill what God has for your life. Praise the Lord. Don't settle for less than what God's paid for and what Jesus has shed his blood for. You got to get up and fight, praise the Lord, for what God's called you to do. You say, well, Jeremiah, you're putting it as if that God doesn't help you. Well, he does help you. But you have to be willing to fight. He'll come pray if you let him pray. But he doesn't force himself to do anything. He's given you authority. He's already paid for everything. And he'll get involved in anything that you're willing to step out and do. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. But you have to take some action, right? And he tells us that we're in a war. And we're going to get more into that. But you have to be a person of action, you know. You have to be a person that's willing to fight the good fight of faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, we have to be careful that we, as Christians, we don't get to a place that we aren't willing to fight. I remember, you know, I was in high school, giving kind of an idea of what I'm talking about here today. I was in a locker room and I never forget they, there was this, this gang, you know, they were called the skaters. <laughs> you know, they, I don't even know if they have those today, but they, they were called the skaters back then, you know. And, and I remember, you know, they would try to, you know, fight with people. They'd fight with people in their backyards I'd hear about and they would fight with anybody they could fight. You know, I have no understanding of why people would want to do that. But of course, these people probably aren't saved, so they probably do some crazy things. You know, I did some crazy things when I wasn't saved. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, you think about they, they were wanting to fight and they shut off this, uh, I was actually in PE and I remember they shut off the front area and they shut off the back area and there was this boy they didn't like, you know, I don't remember exactly what he did, but he was a Christian boy. He was a Christian kid. It was known he was a Christian person. And uh, I was actually in that locker room and my grandmother, I know, was praying for me because I, I didn't have any challenges in that locker room, but I'll never forget this kid. They, they were initiating this guy into the gang and he was supposed to beat up the Christian kid, you know, so they shut off the locker room and he had to fight him, you know, and I never forget, you know, I, I didn't understand he was bigger than this kid, the Christian kid. He was a very big kid, but he wouldn't fight back because something in his thinking was a Christian wasn't supposed to fight. And I'll never forget, he got his teeth handed to him, and, he, and I'll never forget, and he didn't fight back, and this kid just took advantage of him and beat him up severely, you know, without getting too graphic. I don't want to be too graphic, but he really took a beating that day, you know. 
And, you know, when I was doing this message and I think about how many people aren't willing to fight, they, they take a beating all the time. And the enemy just beats them on their thoughts. He beats them in every area because they're just not willing to fight back, you know. And you have to be a Christian that's willing to lay down the, the law to the devil and send him where he needs to go. You know, the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But you have to take authority over him, or you can you can take a beating on a daily basis. Now I know we've been talking about authority, and we're not going to be talking much as much about authority here. Otherwise, we're going to be talking about how to deal with your enemy. But it's important that you know that you don't let him push you around. You don't let him take advantage of you in areas of your life. Amen. We have to be what God's called us to be. We're kings and priests unto him. And we are seated with Jesus far above all principalities and powers is what Ephesians, the second chapter, talks about. And, and we can take authority over him in every of our lives. You know, people don't take authority over him and they wonder why they take such a beating in life. You know, you don't have to live that way. God has a better life for you. And we can take care of our enemy with the Lord's help. Praise the Lord. First Timothy, the sixth chapter, the 12th verse is fight the good fight. You know, this is a good fight. Yeah, you face challenges. You get up and you deal with circumstances, but this is a good fight. This is a good life, right? But you got to be willing to fight, you know? You can have good things on a daily basis. God can do wonderful things in your life, but you've got to be willing to fight. It comes back to us, doesn't it? You know, people put things on God all the time. You know, there's a God side of things and there's a man side of things, you know? But God's given you all the authority, He's given you the power. Think about that today. He's infused power into your life. But you've got to be a person willing to fight. Amen. A person willing to fight your enemy on a daily basis, praise the Lord. You don't want to end up like that gentleman. You know, you want to be a person that gets up and stands up. You have everything with you and behind you, all heaven behind you. And you have all the authority and power. You have to be a person willing to fight. Let's look at Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We're going to look at the 10th verse here. Ephesians six, and we're going to look at the 10th verse. And notice what he says here on the sixth chapter. And this is what we'll be fo focusing on for some weeks. We're just going to touch on it here real quick. Ephesians six in the 10th verse, it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Did he say, be strong in yourself? Was he saying for you to be strong all by your lonesome there? You know, no, because you can't beat your enemy by yourself. You need God to help you. But you've got to be strong. Why would he want you to be strong in him if you didn't need him to help you in every area of your life? He's saying you've got to be strong in me on a daily basis. When you get up and the enemy tries to put a darkness or depression on you or he tries to tell you you're not healed or tell you he's going to do this and that and the other because he likes to talk. He's all talk, you know. But you have to be a person that's strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Amen. Not just you. You know, you have to be a person that's in him. We have to live in him. We have to abide in him. We can do nothing without him. And we have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Notice what he says in the 11th verse. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, he wouldn't have you put on armor if you didn't need it. He wouldn't put, have you put on armor if there wasn't a battle you're going to face every day of your life. I've seen the pictures where we draw like this 
cartoon looking man with the full armor of God, you know, but you know, we're talking about a war. This is serious. People are getting injured left and right as Christians. We have Christians that are leaving the faith. I've, I don't know how many I've read about in the recent years of how many have left the faith and they didn't put on the armor of God. They didn't put on the power of God. We don't want people falling to the sidelines. We're supposed to be Christians, pick them back up, encourage them, help them to get back out there. But you've got to, on a daily basis, put on the whole armor of God. You're facing a real enemy, right? And you know, as you, when you got saved, you got called to battle. You got called into this army, you know, and you got to be willing to fight. Amen. You say, well, is it worth it? Yeah, it is worth it. You're going to have a heavenly reward. And there's other rewards he talks about in the book of Revelation, all kinds of rewards, but you got to fight, right? And you're fighting for the lives of others that are getting saved. And you're fighting for your family. It's not just you. When you don't get up and you don't fight, you're not fighting for others and not fighting for your family. You're not fighting for those outside your family, you know, just for instance, let's say I didn't come here today, you know, how many people would I not be ministering to today and encouraging others today? Think about that. You know, the fight isn't just about you, you know, and if he's coming harder on you, that's probably because you're having an effect on someone else, you know? So it's important that you get up and you fight the good fight. You must have something really good happening if he's fighting you really hard. You must have something really good helping in somebody else and your life getting better if, if he's coming at you hard from every direction. Think about that today. You know, I, I used to be a person, you know, I never forget when I first started ministry, you know, I used to think, oh man, challenges, I must not be doing the right thing. I'm getting challenged here. My vehicle's breaking down and <laughs> all these things. When I first started so many things, I remember just taking the first youth pastor job, me and my wife. I mean, we got there, the, the vehicle started breaking down. We had to get another vehicle. As soon as we started youth pastoring, you know, it's just the vehicle couldn't even hardly get there. It's like the enemy did not want us to be there, you know. And it's amazing to me how he tries to affect you so much on a daily basis. He wants you to cave in and quit, especially if you're having an effect on others. He wants you to stop just because you're affecting others, encouraging them and helping them to have a better life and, and them getting to heaven, then they're going to have an effect on others. You know, he wants to stop you right there, you know. And you don't even know. You might even minister to somebody that's going to, Reach a whole lot of people, you know, Reinhard Bonnke ministered to a million people and, and millions of people. And you think about how, how, how you, your effect is affecting someone else and you may not even know it, you know, and it's important that you get back up and minister and touch people's lives the way God wants you to affect their lives. You may even give a job to somebody, help them get to a better position. And you may be minister to someone and help them in a certain area and help them with their marriage. And, but you know, you think about today. The enemy just wants to stop you because he doesn't want you to have an effect on others. And he wants you to cave and quit so that you won't affect and minister to others around you. It's, it's important that you get up and that you encourage somebody today, praise the Lord. And with your life and your testimonies and your victories in the Lord, praise the Lord. Can you say, amen? I, can, I think I can say that. He's a good God. He shows tremendous mercy and goodness. I've seen him come through so many challenges. And he wants you to come through today. Praise the Lord. Amen. So notice though, he tells them to put on the full armor of God, you know, and you think about today, if you join the army, they're going to have you put on the green attire. They want to make sure you can be hidden, you know, have the camouflage on. <laughs> they want to make sure you're hidden and you're safe. You know, they want to make, they give you a gun because they want you to be safe. I'll give you a knife, give you the right boots. 
give you what you want because they want you to be safe, but they also know there's a war going on. And if you don't have the right things, you're not going to accomplish what you need to have in the war. And God tells us to have certain things to accomplish what we want to accomplish in this war against our enemy. And you'd be surprised how many people don't put on any of it (laughs) on a daily basis. You know, they just get up and they don't take any thought for having on what they need to have on to fight the enemy. He tells you specific things that you need to have when you're facing your enemy. He wants you to have what you need to have when facing your enemy. We're going to talk about that over some messages, what you need to have and what the full armor of God is. But it's important to have the right compact, the right stuff you need to have for facing your enemy. I was watching a movie last night. And I'd already had this message, you know, and I was watching this movie last night and this gentleman, you know, he's facing the world kind of like Rambo, you know, and he goes out, but he, you know, he had the right things he needed for his enemy. It was an interesting movie. And then, and then he, he gets to, you know, he, he deals with them over th- like three times. He deals with the enemy each time, you know, and has different things he needs to face his enemy. And at the very end, I mean, he comes in there like a mighty force, you know, and he has all the great artillery and to take out his enemy, what he needed. But, you know, you need to make sure that you have the right things. You're not going to be successful if you don't have the right things when you're facing your enemy. Notice what it says here. He says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says you got to have this armor, and you got to have the right things to face the wiles of the devil. And then he says here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not a fight with your, your neighbor. This is not a fight, a fight with your friends. Maybe they're being rude to you or... Maybe they're talking all kinds of smack, maybe in the areas where you're sensitive, but it's not with them. This is a spiritual fight, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you, what do you say again? The right things you need to have to fight the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And I would say today, if you look around, we are in an evil day. (laughs) And it's important you have the right things to fight in this evil day, you know. It's a dark day, and you need to have the right things to fight in this day on a daily basis, you know. Don't get up and be so naive that the enemy's not going to face you today. Don't get up and be so naive that he's not going to come after your family today. You need to be ready every day to face your fa- face the enemy, praise the Lord, face your family. Some of you might need to be <laughs> make sure you're putting all in the armor of God to face your family. <laughs> Amen. Well, notice the 14th verse says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith. I'm going over these quick because we're going to get into each one of these. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, and we're going to cover this too, in supplications in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. But notice you have to be dressed for war. You need to be ready for war. I remember watching Rambo, you know, and he'd have, and I'm not saying go watch watch Rambo, you know, (laughs) but back when I was younger, we watched Rambo. My dad would watch just about anything and he'd have the bullets across one side, the bullets across the other. He didn't go in there with, you know, no knife, no guns. He knew he was facing a real enemy, (laughs) you know, but you need to make sure that you're not going in the, the battle naked every day, you know, be ready for those onslaught attacks. 
because you prepared in the morning and at night and ready to face what the enemy's throwing at you. Ephesians 6.11 is very interesting. You look at it in the Amplified Version, it says it like this. Put on the God's armor, the armor of the heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies. He wants you heavily armed, you know, and some people are just totally against war, but God's telling you he wants you totally armed. He wants you to have what you need to have to face your spiritual enemy. Notice I said spiritual, that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and all the deceits of the devil. Notice what it says there. He says in the, earlier it said wiles, but it means all the strategies, because this gives you a little amplified version of the Greek, and all the deceits of the devil. That's how he works. He's trying to deceive your family, deceive you. Matter of fact, he's such a good deceiver. He deceives the nations is what the scripture says in the book of Revelations. That's a pretty good deceiver, isn't he? Deceives the nations. Wow. But that's his way of attacking. We see that with the Garden of Eden, how he deceived Eve. But he's a deceiver. That's how he works. And you have to be careful about how he deceives others and he tries to deceive you. But we talk, we're talking about how to be fully armed and how to deal with the enemies. So we have to be ready at all times what the enemy brings and how he brings it to us. You know, you may have a victory in an area and he may, you may be free. Maybe he freed you today in a certain area, but you have to be ready for him to come back in certain areas. You say, well, why do you say that Jeremiah? Well, Exodus 14, nine is a good example of that in the, in the Bible. You go back and you look at how, how God dealt with Israel. Listen to what it says here in the, in the Exodus 14, nine, it says the Egyptians pursued them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and camped in the red by the red sea in front. And he says, but notice though that they'd already came out of Egypt and the enemy, and they've gotten out there, they're in the wilderness. They're probably celebrating. We're free. Woo. <laughs> Hey, we're free. We're not in bondage anymore, you know, and they're probably celebrating at first, but then he's loading up for another attack, you know, they get to the Red Sea and we know the great miracle that God does there at the Red Sea splits the Red Sea so that they can get through the Red Sea. But you know, the enemy didn't just quit and give up and cave in and quit when they got a victory. He didn't just quit right at their victory. No, he came to attack again right away. You know, when you have a great victory, and you're going through some things and God's taking care of you in some areas and you see a great victory, don't think that the enemy's not preparing to come again. You have to be a person ready for war. You say, well, why can't I just enjoy this time right now? It's okay to enjoy the time and rejoice and thank the Lord how good he's been to you. But you need to be ready at all times for what, you know, as Christians, we have to be ready at all times for when the enemy's preparing again, saddling up again, getting more together to come after you. You know, you have to be a person that's ready for that on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. Look at here, Matthew, the, well, you know, let's look at uh, Matthew, the 12th chapter, you know, the enemy regroups. You know, and he tries to come again, not to lift up our enemy. I would never want to give him any glory. But, you know, you have to decide that I'm going to be ready all the time. You know, if God frees you in the area, pulls you out, man, when you get saved. I remember uh, when I first got saved, went up the altar, you know, and I was surprised at something the pastor said when I got saved. I'll never forget. He says, now you one-year-old babies, he says, I want you to know there's a real enemy out there. You need to be ready for him. And I was, that was, I was like, that's a weird thing to tell somebody when you first get saved. Well, you know, I just got a victory. 
And my pastor cared enough to tell me, hey, get ready because now you're going to face some things and you got some challenges coming your way. You know, you're going to have to grow up. You're going to have to get ready for the war on a daily basis. You got to be close to the father. You want to stay close to your father so he can take care of you in every area. And you want to make sure that you're, you're grasping to him and close, drawing near to him on a daily basis so he can help you be prepared for the things that you may face. Matthew, the 12th chapter, is a great example of this. Matthew 12, in the 43rd verse, it says it like this. It says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. No, so the man's gotten victory. This is actually in the context of a man that God, uh, Jesus actually delivered of demon spirits. He got a victory. He, you know, he'd been bound, and Jesus sets him free of these demonic spirits, right? And so he's got a great victory, you know. He got set free by Jesus. And maybe today you've gotten set free from drugs. Maybe you've gotten gotten a healing. Uh, maybe you've gotten set free from pornography. Maybe you've gotten set free from, you know, smoking, you know. And some people say, well, what, what's that have to do with it? You know, well, you know, God loves you, and he, he wants the best for you, right? Maybe God set you free from alcoholism. You know, and he wants to make sure that you stay free in every area of your life. You know, you're not required all that when you first get saved. As we grow, he frees us more and more and more on our walk with him, you know. And he wants us to live a balanced life. He wants to make sure that you're not excessive in any area of your life. You know, if you're excessive over here, you're going to have challenges because you're going to be drawn to that direction, you know. So he wants you to keep a balanced life. In every area, in all these areas, you know, he, he'll take care of them if you let him. But, you know, you will have to fight in every area. Maybe he wants you to prosper. Well, you're going to have to make sure that you're giving and make sure that you're not getting deceived where you don't give, you know, and make sure that you're reaching forward to do the things God wants you to do. But notice what he says here, though. He says that he, he leaves a man. He walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out of. Notice he's going to come back to fight again. And he's going to come to fight in an area that you've had struggle with before. Notice that, right? And so it's important that you're preparing yourself for that fight, right? Notice what he says, and when he came, and when he has come, he findeth it empty and swept and garnished. So then he taketh himself and gets seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked, uh, wicked generation. What I'm trying to point out to you there, which is very interesting, is that he's he sees that he's come and he's you've had victory in that area. So he goes to prepare to fight a bigger war to regain ground. You know, and it's important that you're making sure that you're taking care of yourself. On a daily basis, you know, I, my wife and I were talking about this just a little while ago, you know, before I was doing my message, you know, and, and she was talking about how the uh, Karate Kid, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The Karate Kid, where he gets uh, hurt, you know, and, and he comes back to fight and they, t they try to, when he's fighting these karate battles, you know, where he's, it's like a game that they're playing and they're fighting in, in a karate battle, you know, and he basically, he gets hurt in an area, so they try to hurt him again in that same area, they swept his leg. And so they, they're trying to hurt his leg so they can get victory and beat him in that area. You know, they said, well, if we hurt his leg, that's where he's weak. And then we can get victory in that area. As I remember how the movie went there, I may not be perfect in how to say that, you know, but he comes, they come to fight that same 
area, you know. It's interesting. You see that with football, too, you know, and, and sports, you know. They, they go after an area where they see that they're weak, you know, and so that they can get victory or win the game. It's, it's a tactic they use to try to win, you know, but they try to come back and fight you in that same area where you were weak, you know, maybe still healing in that area. Maybe you just had a victory and you're healing, you know, still in that area, but he comes to fight you in that area. You know, Brother Hagen, I'll never forget, he told this story about how he was he was praying for this man to be healed or he would get free. And he said that he wanted to pray for him. He said, but I want you to understand before I pray with you, I'm not going to pray with you until you understand this. Okay. I want you to promise me that you're going to take 30 minutes a day to read your Bible and to make sure that you're praying, take 30 minutes of Bible and praying time every day. You have to promise me you're going to do this because if I pray with you, then you're going to have to deal, you know, the, the enemy's going to fight you again in this area. And it could be worse for you if I pray for you. Think about that today, you know, because he's saying he didn't want his condition to become worse because he gets free in an area if he did, if he doesn't take him to take care of the house. Make sure he's putting word in there and he's praying to keep himself whole in those areas, think about that today, you know, he's protecting that area that he was sensitive in, you know, and maybe you today, you're free in an area, or maybe he's, he's helped you in an area, you know, and God's telling you, Hey, you need to protect that area. Cause that's the area he's going to fight you in over and over and over. Cause he's seen that he can get victory or try to get ground in that area. So it's important that you're taking care of that area on a daily basis. You say, well, how do you take care of an area? Well, you got to feed your spirit. Faith cometh by hearing. And you got to put word in, meditating on the word. And make sure that you're getting around good word through ministers that are anointed. Notice what I said there, ministers that are anointed, not just ministers. There's some that are anointed and some that aren't. But getting yourself around people that minister to your spirit and cause great faith for you in your areas that you're needing to have areas and praying in the Holy Spirit and building up your spirit and keep yourself full of his presence on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so notice in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 10th verse, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Notice what I just said. And in the power of his might and the power of his might. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and then put on the whole armor of God. So he's telling you the same thing. He's saying you've got to take care of your spirit, and you got to make sure you're full of God's presence on a daily basis. And we're going to break down some of those things on a daily basis, praise the Lord. You know, it's important that if God frees you in an area, that you're taking care of your spirit, you know. Many times I come on this podcast, and I'll ask you, how you doing? You know, because I, I ministered on Wednesdays and Sundays, and I try to do it every day of the week, every Wednesday and Sunday. And I, I like to ask people about their condition so they think about their condition. You know, you need to be thinking about the condition that you're in and how you're taking care of your spirit all the time, every day, thinking about, hey, how, what what else can I do? You know, you may not feel like it. You may not get up in the morning and say, I. I just want to get into the word. You may not feel like that. Sometimes you do. You love having fellowship, but you know, you, you, we have feelings and we're people, but it's important that you do it anyway. You know, make sure you're confessing the word anyway and taking care of your spirit on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. We have to take care of our spirits and feed our spirits all the time and make sure that we're taking care of the things God has given to us. Praise the Lord. The freedom he's given to us the mercy he's given to us. We have to take care of the ground that he's given to us, the families he's given to us on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. Hey, we're going to do a little bit of communion here. Let's pray. I want to pray for someone to be saved before we take communion. 
And if you want to rededicate your life, we'll pray for you first here today. Father, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness, and we thank you for your mercy as we get into this series today. And as we this first part of this series, Father, help people today, Father. If they want to rededicate their lives to you today, help them to do that today. And help them to be encouraged today as they do that today. Say, hey, I rededicate my life to you right now, Jesus. And I I don't plan to go any other way but the way that you want me to go with my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you rededicated your life, let me know in the comments or email me at jeremiasministries at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear about that. And also, if you want to be saved, I'm going to pray for you right now. Romans, the 10th chapter, the 9th and 10th verses, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe God's risen Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. If you want to be saved and born again right now, you don't want anything else. You want the best for your life, then you need to pray this with me today. You're making the best decision you ever made in your life today, praise the Lord, especially if you're a father, right? We're talking about Father's Day. It's a great time to dedicate your life to the Lord and get your family on the right direction. So go ahead and pray this with me today. And just repeat after me. Father, I just thank you because Jesus is risen from the dead. I believe you've risen Jesus from the dead. And I confess Jesus is Lord of my life right now. Jesus be Lord of my life right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. If you pray that prayer, I believe he's done a new work in you, and I believe he's done some wonderful things to make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're not the same as you were before, and he's done some things to make you not the same as you ever were before. Praise the Lord. He's a good, good God. Praise the Lord. Now email me at jeremiasministries at yahoo.com. Love to hear about it. Put it in the comments if you're on Podbeam there. We'd love to hear about it. We love you. Praise the Lord. You're such a wonderful blessing to me and Sheila's lives. And we love seeing all the wonderful comments that we get on all the time. God's been giving us some wonderful comments through his people. And so we're just enjoying it. Praise the Lord. And, and we're very thankful for you. And so there's nothing more important to us than you getting saved and you rededicating your lives to the Lord today. We're going to take communion and you say, well, what is that? I just got saved and I just rededicated my life to the Lord. Well, I'll get you, get you something to drink and Usually the juice is good, if not use water, and get you some bread, and we're going to do some communion. What it is is in remembrance of Jesus, right? And you fathers, you know, we're going to, we're going to do communion today, and you know, you're going to remember what Jesus did for you, and get, you're getting on track with your destiny and your purpose for God and leading your family, and it's important that you dedicate your life to that today, and you're doing the best thing you could possibly do for your family if you do that today. So we're going to go ahead, and we're going to take communion, get your drink. I'll give you one moment to do that. And uh, we'll do that here just a moment as we do communion, praise the Lord. I have the scriptures over here to my left. Now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11th chapter and 23rd verse as we do communion. And uh, we're just going to have a good time. I'm so glad you're with us today. And I'm so glad you're having a happy Father's Day, you that are fathers. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to your life to do communion today. And we're celebrating our Heavenly Father who's been so good to us to send us His Son, Jesus and we're celebrating what Jesus has done right here today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God, for your wonderful son, Jesus. Well, am I ready here? I think I'm almost ready. Get the bread, get the juice. All right. All right, get your bread in your hand there. And it says, For I received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you. It is given to me personally that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was uh, when he was treacherously delivered up and while he was betrayed was in the 
pro progress to took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to call me affectionately to remembrance. And so we're going to go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for the bread. Take the bread in your hand. We just thank you for your wonderful body that you broke for us. The Bible says, for you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we were healed, Jesus. And we just thank you for your body being broken for us. We're healed in our spirits, our hearts, and we were healed. Our, our flesh is healed because of your precious body being broken at the cross, and we just thank you for your healing, healing people's minds today. Some people mentally have had some challenges. We thank you for healing their minds, and we just thank you for your body being broken today, healing us of depression, some that are listening, healing, us, uh, healing those that are broken in heart, someone hurt them, and we just thank you, Father, for your precious bread today in Jesus' name being broken for us, and we partake of the bread today in Jesus' name, partake of the bread. Thank you, Father, for the bread. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, thank you. We just thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Well, take the cup here. We're going to drink this in remembrance of him and his blood for us. Notice what it says here. And you take the cup, and it says, Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also, saying that this cup is the new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. You say, well, what's covenant? Well, he, he made a new contract for us. There was an old contract. That's what the Old Testament means, and New Testament means new contract. But Jesus made an even better contract for you. He said that I came to give you life in it more abundantly, more abundantly. And he's, he's made a good life for you through his blood. And it's because of the blood covenant he made for you, the new contract, you could say, that he's made for you because he went to the cross. Praise the Lord. You know, people leave an inheritance when they die, and Jesus left you an inheritance because of his blood. It represents all the things he did for you. Praise the Lord. So when we do this in remembrance of his blood, do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately into remembrance. We're calling him in remembrance of what he's done for his blood today. And so let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for the remembrance of Jesus and what he's done at the cross. And we remember his blood that's been shed for us. We thank you with covenant blood was shed, Father. And the contracts of old and the new contract that we have today because of Jesus' blood was shed. And we just thank you, Father, for that blood being shed for us, Father, through that Jesus at the cross and how he took the beating that he took at the cross and how blood flowed from that cross and that blood represents all the things that he paid for for us through that contract that he made with us, Father. And we just thank you for healings in there. We thank you, Father, for health is in there, Father. We thank you for righteousness is in there. We get to be a part of the family because that was in there. We thank you, Father, all for your authority was in there, Father. And we just thank you for everything within that blood. Prosperity is in there, Father. We thank you everything was in there because of you, Father. Wholeness was in there for our spirits and our minds. And we just thank you, Father, for that blood being shed for us. And, and we don't want to settle for anything less than what Jesus has paid for us. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Take the cup here. And we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the blood being shed. Help us to be better fathers. Help us be better people because of what Jesus did at the cross. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. 
Praise the Lord. Well, you know, if you took communion with us, we're so glad you did. We enjoyed you being here. I hope that you have the best Father's Day and get ready for the best week you ever had this week. We love you, and we are so glad that we got to spend time with you today. I'll check the comments, and I'll check uh, what's going on here live. And we love you, and we'll spend a little time doing that after we go off camera here. God bless you. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.